Well, back here in Luke 12, where I was reading earlier, uh, this scripture about the church being a flock, where Jesus said, do not be afraid, little flock, for your father has, is, has been pleased to give you the kingdom. Do you ever think about that, why God compares the church to a flock? Well, you know, Jesus lived in not only an agricultural society, but also a society where herds of animals were raised. It was very common sight anywhere you went in the Holy Land back in those days to see flocks of sheep, flocks of goats, and whatever else may have been uh, raised at that time. And he specifically compares us to a flock of sheep. Now, why do animals thrive living in a flock? Now, of course, when I go through this, I want you to be thinking of the church, thinking of our congregation, and thinking of the church in general when I compare it to a flock. Animals thrive living in a flock. Now, flocking, as it's called, keeping your animals in a flock. Now, in many cases at your home, you would have a pen or a uh, fenced-in area for the animals to stay. But at times you take the animals outside of that when they need to graze or whatever the case may be, and you keep them in a flock. Now, flocking for animals means there are more eyes in the flock to watch for predators because whenever you take animals out like that, sheep especially are an animal of prey. Now they don't attack other animals or feed on them, but they certainly are animals that vicious animals would go after for food. So when you have animals in a flock, it's not just one animal looking out for danger, it's a whole flock of animals looking out 360 degrees around the flock being wary of danger. Flocking also helps uh, animals to care for their young. There's something about sheep specifically where if a little one gets lost in the flock, it can be taken care of by another sheep that's nearby. So that's another positive aspect about being in a flock. You know, in a similar way, when we're in the church as the flock of Jesus Christ, we have a responsibility to look out for each other, just as sheep do when they're in a flock. It's not individual sheep, but it's a group of sheep. And as the saying goes, they're strength in numbers. Flocking also makes it less likely that any one individual will end up as the prey of a wolf or something like that. So there's strength, there's power in a flock. There's a lot of good reasons for sheep to be in a flock. And there's a lot of good reasons for us as individual Christians to be in a church, the flock of Jesus Christ. Researchers found that individual frightened sheep tend to press toward the center of the flock. So the ones on the outskirts of the flock, when danger is anywhere nearby, individual sheep will try to move more toward the center of the flock. It's a safety mechanism for them. As individual animals press toward the center of the flock, it creates a revolving 
folding in on itself loop. The entire flock moves away from the threat by moving closer to the center of the flock for safety. Now there's a lesson to be learned there as far as the church is concerned. We know that there are a lot of dangers out there for Christians. So when danger is on the horizon or we sense something that's threatening us, we need to move in closer to the flock that God has given us. And don't forget that Jesus is the good shepherd of the flock. So whatever danger is around and we're threatened, we want to move closer to him. We want to move closer to the center of the flock. The real danger for sheep is when they stray from the flock because uh, the threat, other animals, the predators will not necessarily look to the the flock itself, but it'll look for stragglers. It will look for those who wander toward the outskirts of the flock. Those are the animals that the uh, wolves will prey on. So there's a certain safety in the church. There's a certain safety uh, from the dangers that lurk out there. So the flock and being a part of the flock, it helps individuals to survive harsh weather as well. You know, when it's raining, when it's cold, when the wind is blowing really hard, you'll see the animals bunch together. Because, you know, depending on what side of the flock you're on when the wind blows, maybe you can get to the side where the wind isn't hitting. So you're protected from the wind by being enmeshed in this big flock of animals. It also helps being a part of the flock to find food as sheep. Because as you're wandering around as a, as a sheep on the hillside there, Charlie over there, your, your, your sheep buddy, might find a good patch of clover or something like that, and it will attract the rest of the flock to come over and to find that food and to be able to share in it. Also, being a part of the flock, as I said, protects the animals from predators. And uh, there are some animals like sheep that seem to thrive in the community of other sheep. It's not good for them to be alone. They seem to be happier. They seem to be healthier when they're part of a, a flock of sheep. And I think that's why God calls us his flock. Don't fear, little flock. So the church is a benefit to all of us. There really isn't any such thing as an individual Lone Ranger Christian. Christians are called to be part of a church because it's a protective place to be. It's a place where there's a lot of benefits. Something I learned in researching the sermon, that uh, sheep have many predators. In our country, such things like coyotes, I think coyotes are the chief predator of sheep. They kill more sheep than any other animal. So coyotes, wolves, foxes will kill sheep, bears, wild dogs, eagles, can you believe that? A baby sheep, an eagle can come and pick it up and take it away. Bobcats, mountain lions, and I'm sure that there are others. Sheep are vulnerable to predators because they are basically defenseless. Now a ram has horns but a sheep doesn't. So it struggles to protect itself. 
They have no means really of protecting themselves. Sheep run when something frightens them. The only protection is to stay together in a group because if a single sheep runs away out of fear, it's gonna become prey for some other animal. Now the greatest source of safety for sheep, especially in a flock, is the shepherd. Because the shepherd has the wherewithal to protect the sheep. Now back in Bible days, the shepherd would have a staff and a rod, two different things. Now the rod, think of it like almost a baseball bat. It's used pretty much for protection from vicious animals. So the rod was something that could be swung, it could be thrown at vicious animals to keep them away from the flock. And a rod can also be used by the shepherd to protect himself from the vicious animal. Now the staff was the long pole with the hook on the end. The staff was used at times to not only uh, encourage animals, you know, shepherd would use the staff and kind of rub rub the uh, sheep on the side just to reassure the sheep, to let him know that the shepherd is near and that uh, he doesn't have to worry. But sometimes sheep get themselves in a lot of trouble. First of all, if they get into water, that's deadly for a sheep. Because could you imagine having all that wool on you and getting it wet? (laughs) You know, you become so heavy that you can't save yourself. So in a case like that, the shepherd can use the hook on his staff to pull a sheep out of the mud, out of water. Maybe it fell into a hole or a crevice in the rocks. The uh, shepherd was well trained to use both his rod and his staff to protect the sheep. And I learned too that shepherds, when they have the sheep out in the fields, There are times to use dogs to protect the sheep. There are times, I didn't know this, to use llama to protect sheep. I didn't know that shepherds used llamas to protect sheep. But a llama is a very ornery animal. It not only spits on people, I didn't know if you knew that llamas spit on people, if you get close enough. But they will defend themselves, and they can defend a flock as well. And another animal used quite a bit to defend sheep in a flock is donkeys. Donkeys. And one reason that they use donkeys is donkeys get really loud when they sense danger or when they see a vicious animal coming near the flock. They make enough noise that everybody can hear, not just the sheep, but the shepherd if he's nearby. And donkeys as well uh, are prone to kick, and they can defend themselves by kicking an animal. Uh, So I didn't know that llamas and donkeys were also used. I've seen dogs, beautiful border collies, but uh, some more vicious animals like llamas and donkeys are used too. So we have a flock here. I'm not the over-shepherd of the flock. Jesus is. He's the good shepherd. So he is your shepherd. I'm one of those animals that are nearby helping him. Compare me to the donkey, okay? (laughs) If I see trouble, you'll hear me. Or I might even kick somebody who poses a problem or a threat to the church. Let's look at James chapter 4. 
I'd like to talk a little bit about the dangers that uh, have continually surrounded the church and threatened the church. In James chapter 4, he explains a little bit about the things that threaten us. And there's always been a threat to the church. James 4, beginning in verse 7. James encourages us to do this. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God, and he will come near to you. So there's a danger of the devil. The devil, Satan, has always been an enemy of the church, going way, way back. Even before there was a church, he has been negative toward God and everything that God has attempted to do. Satan was there to tempt Jesus himself. But Jesus came through the, the test. And since the beginning of the church, Satan has always been there to try to disrupt, confuse, and even destroy the church if it were possible, and it's not. But he is always there, and he is always our enemy. He's the enemy of the church as a whole. He would like to see nothing more than the church destroyed. But he is also the enemy of individual Christians. So we always have to be on guard. We always need to make sure that we stay close to the flock because that's where safety is. Because Jesus Christ is the good shepherd of the flock. Individual congregations, the church as a whole, the body of Christ, he is there to help us. So notice James says here that there's a, a certain thing we have to do of submitting ourselves then to God of being in relationship with him, of looking to him continually as we are right now, as we read his word, as we pray to him. We need to come near to him on a, a constant basis. And that's when he will come near to us. Because there are dangers out there, very serious dangers for all Christians. In 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 8, 1 Peter 5 and verse 8, Peter talks about the threats against Christians and the church as a whole. 1 Peter 5 verse 8, be self-controlled and alert. Okay? Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. So now we're talking about individual Christians. There's threats to us as individual Christians. You know, more and more now, as crime seems to be getting worse in our country, and it's unbelievable, some of the stories you read, what happens in other uh, parts of our country, and here in the Youngstown area as well, about people getting murdered, people being accosted in the street, people having their cars hijacked. You know, you're sitting in your car, and all of a sudden somebody comes up to your door with a gun, forces you out of the car, and then take your car. There was a story in New York just the other day that I was reading online where a woman who was an EMT who actually helped out at the uh, Twin Towers uh, when they were attacked by uh, terrorists, and she was just walking down the street and some guy jumps out and stabs her 20 times, and she's dead now. Just out of the blue, <laughs> out of the blue. So they tell us now that everything you do today, you have to be alert and aware of what's around you. Amen. Always watching, 
always on alert. So if you're in a parking lot coming out of the store, if you're getting gas in your car, you always have to be aware and have a plan in mind as to what you would do if somebody approaches you. Now, it's unfortunate, you know, you'd like to think that if somebody approaches you, it's for a good reason, but you can't be sure. So some people arm themselves, some people have a kind of an escape method. You can always jump in your car and lock all the doors or, you know, if somebody's getting close to you, just holler back off, you know, stay away or whatever you have to do. It's unfortunate that our society has come to this point. But spiritually speaking, we need to be alert in the same way. Okay? Not only to be self-controlled, but to be alert because our enemy, the devil, is prowling around all the time. It doesn't say that he devours whom he will. He can't do that. But he's looking to devour someone. He's not going to attack the flock. What he's going to do is he's going to look for the stragglers. He's going to look for the people who wander off. He's going to look for the people who are unaware, who are distracted. And those are the ones that he's going to attack with the hopes of, of devouring them. Amen. He says, resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that your brothers throughout the world are undergoing the same kind of sufferings. So we know that throughout the history of the church, there have been people who have been martyred. There have been people who have been put in prison. There are people who have been persecuted. And the advice that Peter is giving us, even in our day, I would say especially in our day, is to always be alert. You know, we can be distracted. We can get into the state of being, uh, I don't know, lethargic, uh, not aware of what's going on. And you get yourself into such a funk and Satan says, hey, here's a suitable target. Here's a person that I think I can uh, destroy and devour, so to speak, spiritually. So a roaring lion is a very dangerous animal. And he compares Satan to that. So again, the advice from God, you're living in a dangerous world. Uh, you're a helpless individual who is being trailed by a vicious animal, Satan the devil. Not that he's an animal, he's a, a fallen angel. but. He is out to get you. We don't have to be fearful. We just need to be alert and aware. Always make sure we're in the middle of the flock because that's where safety is. We want to be really close to the good shepherd, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Let's turn now to 1 Peter 4, beginning in verse 7. 1 Peter 4, verse 7. A warning for our day today. The end of all things is near. Are we living in the end time? Yes, indeed we are. So time is short, and Satan is feeling the anxiety and the pressure from that. His goal is to destroy us. His goal is to destroy the church, to turn in a negative way everything that God is trying to accomplish. Let's make sure he doesn't accomplish that, or Satan isn't successful in our lives. 1 Peter 4, again. In verse 7, the end of all things is near, therefore be clear-minded and self-controlled so that you can pray. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. 
Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others. And I think this is advice about being in the church, too. God is saying, listen, I've given each and every one of you in the church, each and every one of you in the flock, gifts that I intend for you to use in the church (laughs) to your fellow believers. And we all have gifts that we can use. So again, he says, love each other, verse 8, deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. And if anyone speaks, he should do it as one speaking the very words of God. If anyone serves, he should do it with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory, the power forever and ever. Amen. Amen. So that's why we need to stay with the flock. We need to immerse ourselves in the flock, and not just to do nothing, but to use the gift that God has given you to serve. So you shouldn't get bored doing that. And don't forget, time is short. Like now more than ever, we need to be alert, aware of what we're doing, not only in the world out there where all the dangers exist, but even as a member of the flock where the chief enemy of all, Satan the devil, is looking to attack. So the flock is a good thing. I like the analogy that we're a flock of sheep. Uh, Can't defend ourselves. We rely on somebody else for our defense whether it's Jesus Christ, the good shepherd, whether it's the local pastor, whether it's the llama, whether it's the donkey, whatever, the dogs that have been trained to protect, God had put it all together for our benefit as a blessing to us. In Hebrews 10, verse 25, well-known passage that we've quoted so often, Hebrews 10 and verse 25, Considering it's the end time, considering time is short and the the danger is out there all around us, verse 25, let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. So the time is to stay close to the flock, to stay involved, to stay immersed. And the blessing is there for us and the danger is for not doing that. Turn now to John chapter 10. A beautiful analogy of Jesus as the good shepherd. And I wrote down the wrong, oh, I'm in the wrong book. John 10. I tell you the truth, verse 1, the man who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. The man who enters by the gate is the shepherd of his sheep. The watchman opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. I was watching a video of uh, this guy had one of these huge dogs, I forget what they're called now, Pyrenees something or other, but they're big, 
And he uses that dog to protect the sheep overnight. And uh, he took videos. He had one of these cameras that you can video at night. And he put it on the gate of the pen with the sheep in it. And he just wanted to double check and see what the dog was doing. And first of all, the dog lays down, just by nature, right at the gate to the sheep pen. And all the fences around it are electrified. So the only way to get into that pen and to get to the sheep is through the gate. And this dog is trained to lay down right at that gate. Nothing's going to get into that pen, but it has to come past that dog. And this dog is huge. But then throughout the night, the dog will get up. If he hears something, he'll investigate. He'll bark, bark real loud, a real deep, low bark. But any creature that's approaching is reminded that that dog is there and on guard. And that dog's duty is to protect the sheep. So as he says here, to get to the pen, you've got to come through the gate. And Jesus is the one who comes through the gate because he is the shepherd. And the sheep hear his voice, and they recognize his voice. It says in verse 4, When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but they did not understand what he was telling them. Therefore, Jesus said again, I tell you the truth, I am the gate for the sheep. All who ever come before me were thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. He will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the fullest. I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd who owns the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I'm the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the father knows me and I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep. So Jesus reminds us that the church is a flock and he is the one in charge. He feeds us, as he's doing right now. We're getting spiritual food. We're about to have physical food. That's all good. We appreciate it. We thank him for that. So he feeds the sheep. He protects the sheep. He leads the sheep in the way that they should go. He's a leader. And of course, this reminds us of Psalm 23. We couldn't talk about the flock and, and the sheep and the good shepherd without looking at this chapter, Psalm 23. We're reminded again, even from the Old Testament, because this held true in Jesus' relationship with ancient Israel. He was their shepherd as he is our shepherd. David wrote here, and David himself was a shepherd, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I shall not be in need. Why? Because my shepherd provides everything I need. He makes me lie down in green pastures, good places, calm places. You know, sheep get spooked very easily, and they freak out. So uh, I've learned that lesson by having a cat. You know, one thing that cats hate is chaos. 
They can't stand chaos. They want things to be calm, routine, and peaceful. And if anything chaotic happens, that cat will be gone in, in the blink of an eye. He's running for cover. He wants to hide himself because he doesn't like chaos. Sheep are the same way. So the shepherd has to provide green pastures, nutritious pastures, calm pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. Sheep don't like rushing waters. They like calm a pond or a lake. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, and sheep used many times have to do that on their way to pasture, scary places, uh, maybe a cliff nearby, water nearby. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. So when we're going through tough times, scary times, who do we look to? The Good Shepherd. And we have faith and confidence that he's going to take care of us. He says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. So a table to eat, spiritually speaking, physically speaking. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And you know, we will do that, won't we? We're not just living in God's house as a flock today in this physical world, but we will live in God's flock all the days of our life and beyond forever in heaven, our heavenly reward that we will inherit when we see Jesus Christ. So I think it's a really good analogy. It's something that we can really grasp and sink our teeth into, this whole concept of us being sheep in God's flock. It's a good place to be. It's a safe place to be. When we're a part of it, all the things that we need will be supplied to us. What more could you ask for? And yeah, there are dangers. There's a temptation sometimes to stray from the flock. Uh, maybe because of greed or whatever the case may be, uh, we want to get out there and discover the world. Find out what's going on out there. Well, we need to be careful because there's a lot of dangers out there. There's physical dangers in the world. There are spiritual dangers too. Satan himself. Like I said, not only does he want to destroy the church as a whole, God won't let him, but he would also like to destroy each and every one of us. And if we're not alert, if we're not on guard, if we're not close to the flock and close to the shepherd, something can happen to us. And we'd never want to see that happen. And just like members of a flock, it's good to be together. There's warmth, there's safety. We can protect one another. We can look out for one another. And we should be doing that, not in a nosy way or, uh, you know, purposely getting involved in other people's personal business, no, but watching out for one another, praying for one another, especially those who are not well off and who need our prayers and who are struggling. So that's all a part of being a part of the flock. So we can give thanks that we have such a wonderful shepherd, not only the good shepherd, but the perfect shepherd. And his shepherding goes far beyond whatever I can do. I'm an under-shepherd to him. But he's placed me here, and I try to do the best job that I can. But he's my shepherd. Amen. So let's give thanks that we have this wonderful relationship with our shepherd.
that he has called us to be a part of the flock, that we hear his voice and we recognize his voice and we want to follow him. Because you know what? We're going to be following him for all eternity. And it's a wonderful blessing. So let's pray.